Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcasts and the listeners, and welcome to this week's news and flashback fun mini episode. Holy guacamole, Batman! Christian Bale, the man who played Bruce Wayne slash Batman in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy from 2005 to 2012, turns the big 5-0 today. That's right, folks. Christian Bale is 50 years old today. In his honor, I'm doing two of his films for part of Flashback Fun later on. He shares his big day with the actress Olivia Coleman, who also hits the 50-year mark today. Gene Hackman, who turns 94, believe it or not. Rock singer Phil Collins, who's 73. Harry Potter's Lily Evans, the, the character, not the actresses who play her. The late activist and actor Dexter King. Vanessa Redgrave and rapper Kid Cudi. Hey there, it's Yogi Bear. Today marks exactly 63 years since the debut of The Yogi Show. I sure hope the Clearwater Marine Aquarium's Abigail Stone has a dolphinately great January 31st birthday tomorrow. Now, before I get to flashback fun, I have some news. Don't worry, folks. It's all good news. Big news for Harry Potter, Super Mario, and How to Train Your Dragon fans. EW.com revealed today Universal Epic Adventure just got, well, a little more epic with a massive reveal of details for five new lands. The first round of more than 50 slate of attractions and restaurants headed to the Universal Orlando Resort's new theme park that's set to open in 2025. The Florida destination revealed Tuesday the names and IP-based themes for all of Universal's Epic Universe's game-changing section. This includes Super Nintendo World, based on iconic video game properties, plus Dark Universe, which incorporates classic universal monsters under the experimentation of Dr. Victoria Frankenstein. Super Nintendo World will be similar to, but larger, than the gaming-centric lands that opened at both Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal Studios Japan in recent years, with appearances from iconic characters like Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Donkey Kong. Also features is How to Train Your Dragon, Isle of Bark, based on the beloved animated film series, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Ministry of Magic, set around the Parisian streets of the Fantastic Beast films, and Celestial Park, a central world brimming with water features, greenery, and a giant dueling roller coaster called Starfall Racers. Drilling down on Universal Epic Universe's new lands, the Harry Potter theme section will transport visitors back to the 1920s French metropolis, as seen in the spin-off movie series, and will weave in elements of the British Ministry of Magic's operation. The How to Train Your Dragon sector is set in the film's Isle of Burke locale and inspired by Viking lore, while Dark Universe seemingly gender flips the central character in Mary Shelley's 1818 novel Frankenstein as Dr. Victoria Frankenstein presides over spooky, shadowy environment. 
Each of the new lands will receive entry portals to their respective properties. Entryways will branch off from Celestial Park. Builders putting the park back in theme park is set to open with lush gardens and copious water fixtures surrounded by stunning architecture inspired by astronomical and mythological elements. Though each each, through rides heading to each other, the Heading to each of the other four theme park lands at Universal Epic Universe have yet to be revealed. Universal divulged details on Celestial Park's rideable experiences. This includes the aforementioned 133-foot-tall, 62-mile-per-hour launched dueling coaster Starfire Racers, plus the Constellation Carousel, a roundabout-style ride aboard a carousel around a roundabout-style ride aboard constellations that move forward, backward, and 360 degrees around. When it opens in 2025, Universal Epic Universe will become the fourth park, of the fourth overall park within the Universal Orlando family. After Islands of Adventure opened in 1999, and the original Universal Studios Park debuted in 1990, a water-based theme park, Volcano Bay. Opened in 2017. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the casting of the new Supergirl. Yesterday, news broke that James Gunn's reboot of the DC movie universe found its Supergirl. It's actress Millie Alcock. She's currently playing Rahinira Tarigan in HBO's Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dra- prequel series House of the Dragon. Alcock will first suit up as Superman's ca- cousin Kara Zor-El in Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. The film does not have a director just yet. She's the latest live-action actress to don Kara's costume. Melissa Benoist played Kara on the 2015-2021 CW Supergirl series, which was an enormous success for the network, while Sasha Kyle played an alternate version of the character in last year's massive blockbuster flop, The Flash, which Hollywood does not talk about. No, no, no. Helen Slater portrayed her in 1984 Supergirl the movie. Big news, Cape Codders and Jimmy Buffett fans, CBSnews.com reported today a Cape Cod hotel will rebrand this summer as to attract Parrot Heads as New England's first Margarita Resort. Margarita Resort Cape Cod will replace the Cape Cod Resort and Spa in Hyannis. The Jimmy Buffett-inspired hotel chain has more than 40 locations worldwide. The owners promised that the look of the new hotel will seemingly blend Margarita's casual luxury with the natural aesthetic of Hyannis and the beauty of the Cape Cod National Seashore. The resort features 272 rooms, an indoor water park, outdoor pool and spa, and Margarita-themed restaurants, Landshark Bar and Grill, and 5 O'Clock Somewhere Bar. Buffett died last summer at 76 years old from a rare form of skin cancer. Margaritaville was his only pop hit, but he was masterful in promoting his lifestyle brand. 
Forbes estimated Buffett's net worth at over a billion dollars thanks to his popular concert tours, his margarita resorts and restaurants, and merchandising his music. Exciting news, Star Trek fans. Variety.com reported today, Paramount production has begun on Star Trek Section 31, the Paramount Plus movie starring Michelle Yeoh. As previously announced, Yeo will will reprise the role of Emperor Philippa Jarijo in the film, having originated the character in the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Jarijo, after crossing from the Mirror Universe, now works as an agent for the mysterious Federation spy group known as Section 31. The official description of the film states, tasked with protecting the United Federation of Planets, Dior Jari Joe also must face the sins of her past. It was also announced that Omari Hardwick, Power, Casey Roll, Hannibal, Sam Richardson, Ted Lasso, Sven Rygunak, One Piece, Robert Kaczynski, Pacific Rim, Humberly Gonzalez, Ginny and Georgia, and James Hiroki Lyell Barry have joined the cast of the film. Rumors of a Yeo-led Section 31 project began upon the conclusion of Season 1 of Discovery, after a deleted scene revealed Jari Joe being approached by a, no- by a member of the shadowy intelligence organization on the Klingon homeworld. Section 31 was first introduced in the Star Trek series Deep Space Nine. The organization has since been featured in the Star Trek shows Enterprise, Discovery, Lower Decks, and Picard, as well as the film Into Darkness. And we're rough to the races. Thrilled to report principal photography has started on Star Trek Section 31, said executive producer Alex Kurtzman. We welcome our incredible, incredible cast of new characters as they join our beloved Michelle Yeoh on her next wild adventure across the Trek universe. The website also announced this afternoon, HBO is developing a limited series based on the Jillian Flynn novel, Dark Places. Variety has learned exclusively. Flynn will serve as co-creator, writer, writer, and co-showrunner on the project and holds the rights to the novels. Dark Places was originally published in 2009. The official logline description states, Libby Day was seven when her mother and two sisters were killed, were murdered in the infamous 1985 Satan sacrifice of Kimikai, Kansas. She survived and famously testified that her teenage brother Ben was the killer. 25 years later, a pair of mother-daughter true crime detectives locate a grown-up Libby and pump her for details, believing that Ben is innocent. Libby, having spent her youth while working the talk show circuit, hopes to once again turn a profit off her tragic history. She'll reconnect with the players from that night and report her findings for a fee. Should the project go forward, it would be the latest on-screen adaptation of one of Flynn's novels. She previously teamed with HBO on the limited series version of Sharp Objects, which starred Amy Adams and was nominated for multiple Emmy Awards. Most famously, 
Flynn's novel Gone Girl was was adapted into the hit film of the same name, starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike, with Flynn writing the screenplay. Her other on-screen credits include Utopia and Amazon and the feature film Widows. The Rap.com announced this morning Amazon MGM Studios have acquired the feature-length Celine Dion documentary I Am Celine Dion, directed by Oscar-nominated filmmaker Irene Taylor. Billed as an intimate look into the singer's personal and professional life, the documentary looks at Dion's life living with stiff person syndrome and her desire to keep performing in spite of it all. This last couple of years have been such a challenge for me. The journey from discovering my condition to learning how to live with and manage it, but not to let it define me, said Celine Dion's statement. As the road to resuming my performing career continues, I have realized how much I have missed it of being able to see my fans. During this absence, I decided I wanted to document this part of my life to try to wear awareness to ra- try to wear a raise awareness of this little known condition to help others who share this diagnosis. And it's official, folks. The Taylor City, or I mean Kansas City Chiefs, will be facing the San Francisco's 49ers on February 11th for Super Bowl 58. And an animated version of Dave Pikey's Dogman Kids books is coming to the big screen in 2025. It's flashback fun time, folks. First up, we have two films starring birthday boy Christian Bale. The Fighter, American Hustle, 1994's Little Women, A Midsummer's Night Dream, Howl's Moving Castle, the 2005-2012 Christopher Nolan Dark Knight Batman trilogy. These are just a small handful of the films he's been in, but none of which would have been possible if not for his breakthrough film, 1987's coming-of-age war film, Empire of the Sun, based on J.G. Ballard's semi-autobiographical 1984 same-titled novel, the Steven Spielberg December 11, 1987 release, also stars Miranda Richardson, John Malkovich, and Ben Stiller. It recounts the story of young boy Jamie Jamie Jim Graham's struggle to survive in a Japanese-occupied World War II China when he gets separated from his rich parents. Well, it got positive views. It was not a commercial hit here in the States, just making $22 million. However... It did make its money from its budget back through TV showings, overseas markets, and home video revenues. According to IMDb.com, Kristen Bale was selected out of over 4,000 boys who auditioned. Spielberg saw him at the, in the 1986 TV miniseries Anastasia, The Mystery of Anna, and Amy Irving, Irving, his then wife, who starred in it as well, personally recommended Bale to him. He hadn't thought much of Bale in this miniseries, but after he auditioned, Bale auditioned, he cast him in the role of Jim. 
Did you know that Eric Flynn, who plays a British POW in the film, was really a POW as a child in a Japanese camp? Now, Empire of the Sun wasn't Bale's only theatrical flop that got saved by home video. That would be April 11th, 1992's musical historical comedy drama Newsies. The film also starred David Moscow, Robert Duvall, and Margaret, and Bill Pullman, and was director Kenny Ortega's feature directorial debut. Inspired by the New York City Newsboys 1999 strike, it showed how young New York newspaper sellers went on strike when they got exploited by their bosses. It was a massive box office flop in theaters, selling just 2.9 million papes and getting pretty unfavorable review. However, once it danced onto onto home video, it became a cult classic hit. It was adapted to a successful Broadway musical in March 2012 and was up for eight Tony Awards, winning two, including Best Original Score for Jack Feldman and Alan Menken. But it closed two years later after launching a North American tour. According to IMDb.com, the film cast includes two winners of Oscars, Robert Duvall and Kristen Bale, and two Oscar nominees, Anne-Margaret and Michael Lerner. And it opened the very same day as 20th Century Fox's Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, which probably accounted for it getting killed in theaters, which, as of 2019, Disney now owns along the re- alongside the rest of the 20th Century Fox Catalog Library. And speaking of Disney flops turned classic films, for the flashback fun film, we have Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty, which took audiences once upon a dream 65 years ago yesterday. Sorry, I couldn't resist, folks. That was really bad of me. The animated family fantasy based on Charles Perrault's 1697 fairy tale starring Mary Costa, Eleanor Audley, Verona Felton, Bill Thompson, and Barbara Luddy and Barbara Jo Allen doesn't need a recap. It introduced Hollywood to Princess Aurora, the good fairies Flora, Meriwether and Fauna, Prince Philip, and the mistress of all evil herself, Maleficent. Though now compared to classic, it was actually a box office flop in theaters, grossing only $5.3 million, and got mixed reviews. Really bad luck for Disney, because it was the film's most expensive animated movie at the time. However... Its re-releases were pretty successful, and now it's hailed as one of Disney's most artistically applauded films. Its characters have appeared in Disney's Fantasmic TV shows. Maleficent even had a big role in the Once Upon a Time TV series, the Kingdom Hearts games, books, 
board games, and etc. Maleficent got her own 2014 origin film with Angelina Jolie in the title role, which cast 758 million curses worldwide. A sequel titled Maleficent, Mistress of All Evil, cast a spell at theaters on Octo- in October 2019. According to IMDb.com, Aubrey Hepburn was the actress who inspired Princess Aurora's willowy, long, thin body shape. And unfortunately, due to how not so well received it was, uh, box office-wise, this was the last fairy tale produced by the studio up until 1989's The Little Mermaid, which was 30 years later. That's all for this week's news and flashback fun, folks. So until we meet again, as always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and get to the theaters if you can. Bye now, my minions.